mankind has been fascinated with realms outside of our conscious awareness. Through a series of interviews with practitioners, guest speakers, and experts, Liberate the podcast covers all that and more, from health and holistic healing to the supernatural. We aim to educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. And we're live. So welcome to our first our first streaming uh, live podcast, Liberate the Podcast. And so today, well, we're we're bringing back Unity Grace, who uh, you might have listened to our podcast on Liberate the Podcast. For those that are watching on Facebook. Um, and seeing this live, we have this amazing podcast that we do. It's on iTunes and everything like that, but we're going to start doing video. And we're here at our uh, Liberate Hollywood location, and this is our first uh, filming in our new media room. If you hear the dogs uh, going right now, uh, they'll be maybe making a few comments and things while we're here, but welcome, Unity. Yay. Welcome back. Thank you so much. It's so amazing to be here. Yeah. yeah I and love it here. And it's amazing to have you. The last time, for those that didn't hear her podcast, please go back and listen to it because it's a wealth of beautiful knowledge. But she has so much to share. Uh, she's traveled the world. Uh, she is this amazing heart and healer with divine wisdom. And we're going to be talking about synchronicities today. Yay! Favorite topic. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> I think that you might say favorite topic to a lot of topics, but, you know, hey, we're going to go with it. So, you know, it's, just, it's synchronicity that we're even in this room and how the unfoldment of events even occur and that you're able to be here and join us once mm -hmm. again for our very first video live broadcast. And, um... So let's get into a little bit of synchronicities. First off, starting that we're in this new cycle. Can we talk a little bit about that? Because you were sharing, she was sharing with me this beautiful new cycle that we're in, and I have a lot of questions. Instead of me asking, I said, "Wait, let's pause that for a minute and do it live." <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, um, we have just passed something called the Wisak Festival. This is celebrated by the Buddhists. And they say that it's the time of year when the Buddha comes down from the heaven to uplift the Christ within. And so that gateway was on Wednesday. And this year was a really special one because energetically humanity has been working through um, dispelling and dissolving all of our separation consciousness and um, our duality consciousness and moving into a really a cohesive state of unity consciousness. And so in my own work, I work with the energy lines of the planet, which we talked about in the last podcast. And um, two years ago when I was doing that work, the guidance said that this WESAC, which just occurred on Wednesday, would be a really profound moment for humanity to step into that Buddhic consciousness together. And that's a state where um, we're more aligned with what's called universal love or divine love. So our old relationship bonds are starting to change where blood family, tribal family is not so cohesive and we're starting to recognize all life as family and mm -hmm. that, that's that Buddhic awakening. And um, so we've just passed that gateway and a lot of people are feeling it because the other aspect of this is that the earth has a heartbeat. We talked about it on the podcast. It's called the Schumann Resonance. Mm -hmm. And the Schumann Resonance, um, when they started recording it in the early 50s, was around seven beats per minute. You could think of the earth like it's beating seven pulses per minute. And that's been growing and spiking. And over the last um, three or four months, it's really been spiking. And so um, the other day, on Tuesday, the heartbeat of the earth went up to 120 beats a minute. So if you think of someone lying on a, a table in an operating room, mm -hmm. if their regular heartbeat was 7 beats a minute and suddenly jumped to 120, that would be an indication that something massive was going on. And what is that exactly? Like, you know, so it's faster, but what does that do to us? What does it do to the animals, the planet? What does that really mean, you know? Right. Well, such a great question. So the earth is electromagnetic. The grid lines or the meridians, just like in Chinese medicine, we have the meridians of the body. The earth has those meridians as well. And they're literally, you can think of it like arcs, where energy arcs from from one grounded place to another. You could think of the Earth's meridians almost like where cell towers 
um, set up, and so the cell towers, the, the energy arcs from one cell tower mm -hmm. to another, so same with Earth's body. And so it, this is all based on the electromagnetics, and so what it means for us, because we're made of the Earth, our bodies are made of all of the elements of the Earth, if her elements are going through this massive shift, we are. And it's through the polarity. So electromagnetics mm -hmm. are all about the positive and the negative. That energy and how it, it creates a tension in order to, um, to hold a field intact in a consciousness that sees the opposite. So we've been living in an existence where we see right, wrong, good, bad, black, white, mm -hmm. opposites. And we've been learning inside of that consciousness. Okay. That, as, as the heartbeat of the earth goes up, those electromagnetics begin to shift, and, and the polarity is softening. Okay. So we're no longer seeing the opposite so much anymore. We're seeing ourself outside of ourself in the other, so it's no longer me and you, and we're either friends or enemies. Mm -hmm. We just start to experience ourself in a field of what's called oneness. A really great metaphor or analogy is the pod mind consciousness of dolphins and whales, for example. Yeah. I, I love that. And do you think that that has anything to do with, you know, the poles shifting and the energetic poles shifting? And then I've also heard that we kind of go through this beautiful cycle every like 2,600 years where we go into the state of a light enlightenment and, you know, but it's not a new state for us. Like humanity at one point in time had lived in this state before, but we go through like everything has this duality. We go through this cycle and rhythm and then we're back into that beautiful age of manifestation, of connectivity, and all of that. But there's also those magnetic sh pole shifting. And I'm just thinking when you're saying the magnetic force field and that, if that has something to do with uh, the Schumann residence going way higher. Because, I mean, this, this is a little jump. You know, it's a 7.8 hertz is what they, they've always measured the Earth at, which you were saying 7. And now, suddenly, those hertz are going up, you know, in the hundreds. I mean, that's, you know... Exactly. It's a lot, a lot, a lot bigger. And, and I'm going to piggyback on that and just ask the question is, you know, like in a lot of my, my research and different things like that and, and studies that I've seen, you know, one of the things about bringing balance and harmony into an individual is for them to actually vibrate at that same hertz. Yes. So that when people are really in alignment and animals, like when they test kids, mm -hmm. uh, kids used to be, uh, 7, 7.8 hertz and they were very much in alignment. Animals would be 7.8 hertz and they were very much in alignment. People that spent a lot of time in nature. But then the people that were in very uh, chaotic and congested cities, they were all over the place. They were like 20 or 30 or 2 or this and they were all over and you could find that there was a lack of balance to the natural flow and connection to the earth. But now with the natural flow and the connection of the earth has suddenly changed in such a massive way, you know, I'm getting that, but I'm not fully getting it yet. You know, so like, you know, so like, and so I'm thinking that maybe the people that are hearing are, are like, okay, well, what does this mean? What does this mean for me? Okay, you know, so. Right. Let's dive in a little bit. Okay, so um, it's all really amazing sharing exactly what you're sharing. And so let's say that when the heartbeat of the earth was at 7 or 7.8, and uh, indigenous people who were really living close to the earth, like you say, were staying in alignment with that resonance. And what is resonance? Resonance means that it's going at the same frequency. What does resonance mean? Resonance means harmony. Yeah. And so when we have harmony, it means everything knows how to live in sync. Everything knows how to live in flow with everything else. And in that state, we have nirvana. We have we have the, the yeah. we're living in the Garden of Eden again. And so, um, as as humanity started to move away from that, as we started to do, um, you know, uh, state agriculture and start to divide the earth up into borders and boundaries and stay put on the earth in specific places, then we started to um, lose that flow okay. with the cosmos. And so. We've, we, we know because we look at how humans are living on the earth um, collectively now in, in out of balance 
So you could almost think about it like the, the earth is getting stressed, so it's putting out this higher, higher heartbeat. And what happens when someone exhibits stress? Maybe we call it a crisis. A lot of the time we're not willing to deal with things mm. until there's a crisis state. So you could say that the earth's heartbeat going this high is creating a crisis-like energetic in the consciousness so that the consciousness has to pay attention. So okay, that we all get lost sense. in our day-to-day -day life. But when, when this electromagnetic shift, like you're describing it, the pole shifting, because this is exactly what it is, as that starts to shift, then um, we have to pay attention. Mm -hmm. And so people will notice now in their life that, I mean, everybody is feeling it. Everyone is feeling a different connectivity with each other. You know, I always say, like, the conversation in the grocery store lineup is where you can see it the most, where you're having conversations that you never would have had with someone before in the grocery <laughs> store lineup and so on. But um, it's like anything that we're holding beneath the radar that we're denying or we're not dealing with that's not working, because denial is an amazing human quality that we share in our lower frequency state. It's being pushed to the surface. It's being revealed. We can't hide from it anymore. It's, you know, whatever the situation is, it's just coming to the surface and crisis after crisis. It's where the higher self comes in and first of all whispers in our ear to give us guidance mm -hmm. and then taps us on the shoulder when we're not listening. And if we're really not listening, then we get the two by four oh. over the head. So that's kind of what it means for people. I guess just to sum that answer up, it's like if you're experiencing crisis in your life right now, or if you're experiencing a lot of intensity or a lot of shift and changes in the conditions in your life, your relationships and so on, this is why. Because the cosmos and the earth is moving on to a new level of consciousness and because we're part of that uh -huh. collective consciousness, we have a choice to go with it with grace or resisting. I hear that. And, and so kind of the earth is putting everybody in a crisis state. And, and to a certain level, you know, I mean, you can go through it and maybe some people can handle that stress level energy or that higher vibration a little bit better than others. But for the most part, the earth is having these massive, you know, electromagnetic pulses that are causing us to shake up our whole reality. Exactly. And so if you're resisting change, you can't resist it when the frequency is so extreme. Is that, is that kind of what you're saying? Exactly. And so what about like some of the things that you've seen or witnessed as, you know, without giving people's names and things away, but like some of the big massive changes that you're, you're seeing besides the conversations at the grocery store suddenly becoming a little bit more uh, interesting or developed or deep. Um, and I think that that was what I put those words in. You didn't say those, but those are what I'm thinking that you're going with by. But what are the things that you're seeing as you're, as you're traveling the world and that you're noticing the shifts and you're noticing all of these changes? Uh, this is Peggy, by the way. We'll just say hi to her. Hi. Um, this is her two minutes of fame. <laughs> da -na 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 -na. Da -da. You got a heart. If you like Pig, you can uh, drop a one in the comment line. <laughs> She's so cute, she's going to steal the show. Okay. Um, yeah, well, the bigger shifts, the shifts that are affecting us collectively is that tribe and community is reorganizing itself. So um, it's like, um, so, so one of the biggest shifts that's occurring on the planet is the economic system mm -hmm. because it's it was a trickle-down system that never worked except to serve the few. And so that whole system behind the scenes is going through massive restructuring. And what it's required is um, the breakdown of the old in order for a new system to rise that's based in unity consciousness. So even what, what I've seen with the people that I've been working with and some of the, the worlds that I've been playing in is um, there's been a mass transformation in the people who work with money. And um, they've been, you know, the, the, the crash of the markets in 2008 will occur. Oh, um, just disconnected. Yeah. Um, it, it, it I think it's reconnected. back live. Yeah, it's back live. So um, that's what I've been witnessing for the last few years is some of the key players on the planet who 
will help facilitate to move mass assets into the hands of the many or into the hands of, you know, right now on the planet there's lots of people with great ideas and great plans um, and technologies that support, um, you know, sustainability and people with community plans for sustainability and just reconnecting with with our proper place in in the cosmos mm -hmm. so in my own journeys and and my associations and so on i've seen a massive shift in the consciousness of some of the key players on the planet involved in those things um, those people really getting out of their left brain mind which we've all been in mm -hmm. and learning to come into a more balanced state of consciousness just learning to get along better, learning to show up at the table together, not with so much attitude and ego. And, and you know, what, what the, old, um, the old way of living has been is a very tribal way. So um, there's this amazing book. I'm just going to throw it in here right now. It's called The Gene Keys. Okay. And it was a book that was written by a man named Richard Rudd. And, and it basically describes, I call it the modern day version of the I Ching, but it describes all these different archetypal qualities of, of humanity. Uh -huh. And so if you thought of this, this world, this experience as a play, and we all have a role in the play. Yeah. And so this book gives us an understanding of what our role in the play is. Mm -hmm. And so there's a very important um, combination of gene keys called the 4037. So it's, there's 64 different genes, and they're like the building blocks. I say if you were an artist, it would be no different than having 64 colors to choose from. Okay, gotcha. As spirit, we're the artists of our lives in this creation, so, so the the sixty four codons that make up our our everything about our being would be like sixty four different paint colors to choose from. Okay. And then, if you looked at the color wheel, and then you said these two colors go best together, and these two colors meaning, um, so in the gene keys, every every gene has a perfect partner, mm. perfect match. It's it's like a it's, it's like they fit together like this. So you could say the same with paint colors. If you were an artist, you would say you know the two colors that always work the best together. And so in our human genes, there's two genes, the 40th gene and the 37th gene. And that those two genes together are all about the tribe. It's all about the tribal community, and it's all about blood relationships. So currently on this planet... All of our um, associations with community begin with blood. So we've been mm. in a very tribal way for a long time where, you know, we protect our family first. We protect our blood first. Yeah. And then, and then we have the extended blood family and we protect that family first and so on. Mm -hmm. And then so on, cultures, races, different things. And, exactly. And that's what most wars are created over. I mean, the, there's... It. You know, material and the, and those type of wars too, but a lot of it is about cultural and different belief system differences and or race differences, and you know then we have this fighting. I'm different than you, so I'm right, you're wrong, but that's not the truth. Exactly. You know? So we're getting away from that, is what you're saying. We are, and that's because these two genes penetrate. They they're the um, how we interact in the physical realm is all about our energy bodies called mm -hmm. the aura, and our auras are interacting all the time. They're exchanging information. It's why, you know, if if someone that we love, uh, we can feel them on the other side of the world. Sometimes people get a sense that something really good or maybe something not so good has happened to a beloved, and they just know it right away. And that's because we're communicating on an energetic level. And so um, what the 4037, that combination does, is it comes in energetically to a room. Anyone who has that activated in their, in their energy field, when they come into a room, their energy body actually starts to soften that tribal consciousness. Hmm. That's what that combination of genes is designed to do, which is why it's so important right now as we're going through these energetic electromagnetic shifts, the WESAC that we just went through and so on. 
because when the 4037 comes into the room, it softens the energy so that everyone in the room can experience each other in a new and different way, in a softer way, in a more open way. And, and that's why it's a, a really powerful piece that's playing out right now for all of us. It's just... We're, how we're, does somebody know if they're 4037? And is that is that on... I mean, is that when you're talking this 4037, is this like the 4037th chromosome? Is this DNA? Is this like scientifically based? Is this at an energetic level? Is like, you know, just so people can understand a little bit better. Too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> great, great question. Um, I didn't know I was going to introduce Richard Rudd's book, but I really feel <laughs> hey, like it's you know, something that every, every, everyone should um, uh, can consider working with to get way more insight on their own personal identity personality there it's kind of like um it's kind of like understanding your birth chart in astrology when you okay. have that understanding so it's like a different kind of you could say astrology system okay so it's the system that's in this book the mm -hmm. gene keys mm -hmm. and you can go in there and put in information and you can find out whether that you hold that or not you right got it. okay okay yeah. yeah so i knew you started talking about the gene keys and then i wasn't sure if then with the you know because you were talking about our our genes and i go to dna because that's what i'm thinking you know and then yeah and it is about our dna so um first of all i'll just say if people are listening and they're interested they can go to um, it's a website called The Golden Path, and there is, um, I think it says free chart or something like that. You just put in your birth information, and then you get the information of your blueprint. And you have to buy the book, because that's where all the information is, and the book is really thick, and it's an amazing book. So we have what's called codons, 64 codons in the human DNA. Mm-hmm. And there's 64 hexagrams in the I Ching. So to simplify that, it's like um, the codons are the building blocks of everything that we are, including our personality. And the 64 hexagrams of the I Ching would be like the different flavors that we could work with. Gotcha. The different ingredients. So that's, that's what it's really telling us is what are the ingredients that make up the building blocks of who we are. Love it. Yeah, it's, it's I'm going to have to dive into that work. a little bit more. We'll have to do that to, together for you, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, okay. So let's get, um, so the gene keys, that sounds amazing, and, and the understanding of this. Now there's this person that can come into the room, and they have this 4037 combination, and they're, they're starting to create these energetic shifts in this different way of approaching and being and relating to others, right? Yes. And so as we look at that, you know, um, and we kind of take it to the next step or maybe take it in a step, a couple steps back of how this all plays into synchronicity. All right. Well, on to that favorite topic. So that's a great question. So synchronicity occurs when we are aligned with our blueprint. Okay. Okay. So Tying it in beautifully. I kind of threw a curveball <laughs> out of you. You're like, all. all right, I'm going to grab no, this and see how reading this goes. This feels great. Because um, synchronicity means being at the right place at the right time. And how, does, how do we end up being at the right place at the right time? By our ability to listen hmm. to the higher guidance, to the guidance of spirit that is is guiding us around down here in our human vehicle. So really our our body, our personality, everything, it's kind of like being in a car. Mm. And the spirit is residing inside this car. So as we know, if we're driving a car and the car ends up going, you know, taking some wrong turns and maybe ends up some on some bumpy roads, okay. which is another metaphor for when we're not listening to our guidance and our intuition. Uh -huh. What, what happens in our life and our journey, we end up on bumpy roads. Mm -hmm. Down those bumpy roads, a lot of the time, then things starts to fall out of flow. Maybe we're late for our appointment, and, and maybe we miss our appointment altogether, and so on and so on and so on. And then it becomes a ripple effect, and then exactly. because you get further disaligned, you know, it's kind of like that whole thing, if you wake up on the wrong side of the bed and stub your toe, pretty soon it's like, you know, a couple hours later, you're getting a parking ticket and a fender bender and something else is happening, but it's, it's, it's every, every disalignment a is feeding a, a, a deeper disalignment, right? <laughs> but not to say that, 
You can't stop for a moment, breathe, recenter yourself, realign, and then suddenly that bad day can turn into a good day. Exactly, and that's the most important words that you just said, recenter yourself. And so how do we how do we recenter ourselves? And everyone who knows me knows that I share this all the time. We have to understand that it begins with the operating system of the car itself, which is our body and our uh, how how our spirit is sitting inside the body. So we have the two hemispheres of the brain, the left and the right. The right hemisphere is controlling the left side of the body. The left hemisphere is controlling the right side of the body. I love how your little dog has her little face resting on my lap here. It's really cute. Um, and so we want to bring those into alignment. It's, it's no different than, you know, if you ride a surfboard, if you're riding a bike, you need to have the balance in order to have a good ride in order to catch the wave. So how, how do we do that? we make sure that both hemispheres of the brain are working as one brain. Mm -hmm. And so most of us as human beings, we have a little bit of push and pull between those two hemispheres. They're not, they're not operating in sync. And because of that, then we're experiencing a bumpy ride. We're, yeah. we're not able to balance on the bike. Mm -hmm. So um, the thing I'll just should I okay. just share the whole brain state thing? Yeah, you know, we, you right. know, we did this in the in the podcast a little bit, but you know now, now you get to see, see it. it. Yeah. So um, in order to to do that, here's the simplest technique on the planet. You can use it anytime. And when do you use it? Just use it when you're triggered. Use it when you're down the bumpy road and you've taken the wrong turns and you're getting the parking ticket and you're having that funny bad day. Um, you simply cross your ankles, cross your wrists. Piggy, you're going to have to move. <laughs> I cross my ankles here. There you go. Sit like that. <laughs> cross your wrists. There you go. You're doing it. Are you feeling balanced? <laughs> you look pretty balanced as it is. Yeah, so you just cross your wrists, you rest your hands in your lap, you close your eyes, and you deep breathe until you feel a shift. Come on, everybody, do it back. Anybody that's watching, take two seconds, not unless you're driving and closing your eyes and putting your hands and crossing your feet might not be the most appropriate when you have a gas pedal and a brake to control, but hey, you know. You can do it on the bus for sure. So once you feel that shift inside of yourself, and it's just a sense of relaxation, maybe you, you know, your shoulders drop, you let out a big sigh, whatever, it's really simple. Sometimes you have like some profound breakthrough, you can see um, the situation that a moment ago was bothering you, it's just like suddenly it's gone. Just uncross your ankles and your feet, hold your fingertips together with your eyes open, because now we want to come back to this moment in time and space here. Whatever is in front of us, whatever just happened, we want to come back into time space, so keeping the eyes open. And this is just a way of, of grounding us back in, is bringing the fingertips together. This is a meridian circuit that brings the circuit back together. And when we feel like we're grounded in, then we just release. Simplest technique on the planet, and that's how we get ourselves into the center of synchronicity. Mm -hmm. Keeping ourselves balanced within. I love that. It's so, you know, a lot of people, they do breathing, they close their eyes, they t take a walk around the block or whatever. Um, but this and adding that little tiny tweak can make all the difference, right? The ankle cross, the wrist cross, and suddenly things are that much faster and more effective. It's like, a, you know, think about when people are weight training or doing an exercise. It's all about the slightest adjustment, and suddenly everything is that much more powerful, right? Exactly. So uh, thank you for sharing, and thank you, everybody, for, you know, taking that in <laughs> and trying that, because I know you all did that right now. <laughs> right, and you can do it if you need to. You can do it a million times a day. When I first started learning these techniques, I just exercised them regularly. And what ends up happening, just like strengthening a muscle, you strengthen the connection of those two hemispheres of the brain. And before you know it, you're in the center of your blueprint. You're riding your bike, your surfboard, whatever. You, you caught the wave. And um, because now you're balancing the internal mechanics of the physical vehicle that we're in. Mm -hmm. And in that state, then more of our spiritual attunement can occur. Let's put it this way. When we get the brain balance and alignment, we become a much more powerful antenna for spirit. Okay. It's, I mean, it's another really simple metaphor. 
And this is all bringing us back to synchronicity, because if you're that powerful lineman and antenna, then you're picking up the single signal a little bit clearer, and you're allowing yourself to maybe, okay, you feel this urge that maybe you don't want to go to that event, and you really feel that you need to, you would like to go here instead, and then you end up meeting a lover, a friend, or a new business acquaintance that really propels you to the next level of whatever you, you know, like when you listen, you might be guided to take action in a different way that maybe you consciously planned. You got it. And, and you know, that's the thing. It's just like we've been so left brain, which is so linear, and left brain unbalanced with the right brain has us um, basically become machines. And, and when we exist only from the left brain, we're also extremely programmable, mm. which is what the, the Western world most of the world is living in a very programmed state right now and you know we've we've existed in a place where we're put into school from the time we're little and it's like you know you get slapped with the ruler so to speak if you don't follow the rules following the rules only following the rules takes us out of balance with our right brain mm. and and then it, you have a society that is in this program of 9 to 5 whatever, five days a week, seven days a week, 20 hours a day, you, you have a bunch of machines instead of uh, fulfilled, nourished, um, spiritually embodied human beings having a human experience, a yeah. full human experience. And that's really what's happened to the Western world in particular is we've gotten so left-brained. Yeah. And, um, and we see that in, in you know the disconnect of, you know, everything that you're sharing, but even on, like, the fundamentals of even what's taught in school. Exactly. There, there's cuts and cuts time and time again in any public institution of all arts, music, uh, different types, even, even like, the gym classes and things, anything that would naturally put somebody into that creative state. Those classes are becoming less, less and less valued, per se, by the system, and the priority is placed on reading, writing, arithmetic, and science, and those are all very left-brain subjects. And so, you know, and even with it, it even, even it's not saying that those are wrong and those are very valuable, but it's all about the balance, right? Exactly. And so if you're taught that you're just supposed to do this or behave this way or listen to that, you're not taught to question. You're not taught to think about different solutions or answers or different ways of coming at maybe even the same answer, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so um, that's perfectly described. And and that's why with synchronicity, like we, we need to be in our feeling body as much as we're in our intellectual body. When those two are functioning together, then we have a really um, incredible human being that's very capable of creating a new earth and yeah. not from the mind you know there's a famous quote Einstein many others have said it too but it's equated with Einstein is that the mind cannot resolve the problem inside of the same thinking that created it yeah or like one of his favorite quote famous quotes is knowledge is limited imagination circles the earth right you know exactly. and so uh, if you draw from the right brain first and then find a way to logically implement it, right? Because again, out of balance on any side, if we're all too right brain and we're all too creative, we're in the action orientated, doing, problem solving, linear fit, you know, then we're just in this holistic viewpoint and we're not in a structured of, I need to do this step to this step to this step to get there. Otherwise it just becomes this idea without a embodiment or a cage of actually producing the idea. Oh. It was so perfectly put. And you're the embodiment of, you are, this woman is amazing with, with all of the projects that you bring through your heart when you first started to share with me some of those projects. And then to see your capacity to actually implement them so they're not just in, in your dreams. You, you are that embodiment and that balance of that. And that's in, from that place, that's also where, where dreams um, really uh, affect the collective mm. because it's that perfect balance and combination. And when you shared um, some of your projects with me the first time we met and I was standing there crying because they were birthed from the place of feeling mm. first yeah. and then it implemented and that is 
that's that's the cream that's that's the richness of where we as humans can live from and create and play together and yeah, have, which is available to everybody exactly you knock away the judgment first and tap into what does the heart want what does the feelings mm. want mm. And then so lead good. by that, and then <laughs> any idea can find a way to put structure and order around it and solutions. We all have that. We had that every single person when they were a child. That's how they thought initially. It was right brain thinking first and foremost, and then the left brain logic. The right brain is actually the first hemisphere of the brain to develop. So it's like, on, like even on a science level. So, and then the logic and the reasoning come into play. But the creative and, you know, ask a little kid, what do you want to do? I want to do this. I, I don't know how. I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go there. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how. They don't have to know how. Their imagination is running wild. And then take it a, maybe a few years later and when their logic and their reasoning starts to, you know, really start to develop, a kid comes in, runs into the room, t- says to mom and dad, hey, I really want to go to this event or concert or this or that. They say no. What does the kid do or the teenager or whatever? They, they say ah, they're not going to take no for an answer. They're going to figure out a solution. Okay, well, I'm going to go wash cars and make money. I'm going to do this. How, what can I do for you parents to allow for this to happen? They sneak out of the window. They find a solution. They are not going to take no for an answer, even if they have to do it and jump out the window and sneak out and make a dummy in their bed so that when the parents come in, they think that the person's sleeping there. Right? Right. Creative. Are you telling a story no, from your past? I, no. My parents let me do whatever I wanted. I was the youngest of six girls. They were checked out. You know, like, they were like, oh, my God. We had a, we had a child when we were almost 40. What the heck are we going to do? We already had, you know, five other girls. So they're like, yeah, do whatever you want. But no, but I hear those stories, you know, but everybody has that. They have those incidences. Maybe you didn't make a dummy out of your bed and jump out of the window, but I can guarantee that if everybody takes time and looks back, they had that ability where no wasn't an answer. And in, in where no isn't an answer and where that idea is really strong, the navigation compass to figure out how continues. And if they hit one roadblock, that's just a roadblock. It doesn't defeat their energy, their motivation, or their drive. They just hit it and say, okay, well, that didn't work. Let me go this way. Oh, that didn't work. Let me go this way. Let me go this way. Let me go this way. And the energy is so strong, right? Exactly. And when you really develop what you want, there is no stopping because the energy of love and passion will destroy any obstacle that's in the way. Because there isn't a no, it means too much. And that's why they say love is the most powerful emotion because when you tap into love, you, you're you not, you know, like people will walk, you know, songs have been written, I'll walk across water, I'll find a way, you know, whatever the case may be in my tone death way. And I'm not a musician here. Give I didn't hear it. But Everyone can be, sing, darling. <laughs> it's one of they sing good. So... But, right? You know, it, 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 people and anybody that has ever been in love, you, you will do anything to find a way to make something happen, right? Am I right? If, if you agree with me, drop a two in the comment box and, you know, uh, but, you know. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's another thing about the whole brain state that I was sharing is when the hemispheres of the brain are working as one unified brain, the heart field, which the HeartMath Institute, a very scientific institute, has shown that the heart has the largest electromagnetic field from the body, not the brain, mm-hmm. the heart. So what is that telling us? It's telling us that when, when we're in alignment here, then the heart is what's emanating the greatest desires and the greatest yeah. dreams from, from the being. With the most powerful force. And exactly. And Another science level, 40% of your heart cells are neurocells. 40%. That means that your, your heart actually has a brain. It has the same logic and reasoning. I mean, not like, I mean, logic and reasoning, but the same type of mechanisms and structure as your brain cells. So, you know. Yeah. And I've actually been um, told by a nurse, I, and I've looked this up, I might have it wrong, but um, when the fetus we'll is formed, right. I, let's say we have it right because we're creating the reality. So I cancel clear and call that chicken back, meaning that idea that those words I just put out. Um, but yeah, I, the, the heart actually forms in the feces 
it's the first thing to form and it forms up where the brain actually comes in later and then it drops down ah. so it's like it is the first brain wow yeah, so we have three major brains, our heart brain, our stomach brain, and our head brain, right? Right. You know, and they all matter, and they all have an impact, but it's not just our logical mind. But as you were saying, the science behind that strong electric magnetic field and that, that radius of your heart, I mean, if we can tap into there first, but not negating the power of our logic and our reasoning, because that's what's going to navigate and allow us to move forward, but if we don't grab back into that creative mind, we're never going to think of another solution in the event that the first option doesn't prove to be successful, right? Yes, and that's why play is ultimately one of the most important things that humans can do, and that's why in our societies, as we've, um, you know, government funding and so on has fallen away from the arts, and school programs have fallen away from the arts, and, and so on, it's like that play that ability that freedom to know that um we have the capacity to to play yeah that is a primal it's of importance for peace on earth yeah which is an idea i had years ago which i'm so glad somebody's doing it because i mean we all have collective consciousness anyway so it wasn't just my idea tapped on to other people but i'd say maybe like 10 12 years ago i had the idea of like how important play is and i do these classes these right brain left brain classes i do all these stuff and i would make people play i sometimes even make us do charades in the classes and i throw balls around and we do catch and i mean we do all this stuff to try to activate the right brain and um, so I did this for years, probably like five years or so. I, I was a facilitator and teacher for that. But uh, in it, I came up with the idea of how, how much I seen these people transform through a little bit of play that we needed to implement camps again for adults. And I was like, I need to start like a, a whole bunch of camps around the United States called Camp Grown Up. And you go there and you allow yourself to have an adult camp like you did when you were a kid and you stay in little cottages and you go kayaking and you play volleyball and you do, and you cook around the campfire and you do all these beautiful things and there is there's a company out there that I just was privy they launched a couple years ago and that they just started doing this out of the Bay Area and I was like oh good for them you know <laughs> now you don't have to do it <laughs> but, but it's 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 you know I haven't went to them I, th I forget what theirs is called but it's it's something around the lines of you know an adult camping thing but it's not called camp grown-up that was my idea <laughs> but yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and and that's the thing as well with school systems if we create first of all let's take the name school away if we create um conditions for children coming into the world to just know that they're safe and they have a container to be in they come in naturally knowing how to play and if if we can create those containers for children to play again without creating the structure that they play um, with, children can re-immerse us into our own capacities, our own neurotransmitters to reactivate that. That's why programs are always really successful when kindergarten classes go into retirement homes or um, ah. you know when the ages that's another thing with our current society because we don't have an intermixing of ages as much we've separated ages out yeah um, but that in in tribal situations children are always the ones bringing the new information into the field and that's why they're revered as um, you know the bringers the bringers of the dawn and and so to to begin to once again create that space in community for children, one of my great visions has always been living in communities, communities around the world, communities that are geometrically created, that, you know, spiral out, and what's at the center is the community hub. It's where people come and collect. It's where the library is. It's where the instruments are. It's where the children can come anytime they want. And, and, and just allowing that natural evolution of sharing of information mm -hmm. to come through, which they're bringing. Yeah, and... Um, I and, love that vision. Yeah, well, let's do that together. <laughs> All right. So we're creating new <laughs> we'll societies now in little yes. communities. <laughs> 
we're, we've got all the time we need, so yeah, yeah, yeah totally. But um, also, if communities, and you see this in Mexico a lot, it's why I always love Mexico when I travel in Mexico, there's always a plaza in each town or city. And it's where everyone comes, or you know, the people gather in the evenings, and there's kids playing basketball, and and there's um, you know people sitting around visiting, and just all this kind of stuff going on. But when you have that kind of space at the center, because play can look very different for some people. Play is sitting in conversation. For some people, it's sitting and playing chess. For some people, it's throwing a ball around or playing yeah. charades. But when the space is created at the center of the village. And that's the component um, that, or the essence that it's given, then that creates a, a ripple effect out where play is the natural way of interaction for, for the whole community. Mm. Yeah, play, play, we have this, this basis a lot in different societies, and especially in American society, that you know, play is something that's for kids and not for adults. That was something that, you know, and said, I'm too old to play. You know, like these little, like, like sayings and these little things. But it's complete nonsense. Who's to say that somebody can't run around and play? Because the fact you should make games out of everything in life. I mean, it doesn't have to be that serious. Even if you're dealing with a serious issue, you can find lightness, inspiration, imagination, humor, whatnot. And that I mean that's really what the the fundaments of play are. It's not taking things too serious, activating your imagination in some form or another, and allowing yourself to be present within that experience. I think that that, you know, and that's why you could be throwing a ball, you could be playing chess, you could be having a conversation, but is it activating your imagination? Are you present within it, you know? Exactly. And 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 you know, allowing yourself to not take it too seriously. Exactly. And, and taking away all of that, oh, it has to be this way or that way. Because you can take something that's a play thing, like a sport, right? And suddenly it doesn't become play anymore, right? Because when you make it too serious and you take away your imagination and it becomes all about the rules and the different structures of, no, I have to keep soccer ball this way, I have to do that. All of a sudden you took the game out of it. You took the fun. You took the play. Exactly. And in that place, then there's no access for spirit to come in. When you see like a, you know, a, a world-class ballerina or um, a world-class gymnast, pianist, whatever, um, what, what is coming through them? What's coming through them is that the perfect balance and alignment has occurred within all aspects of their being such that at some moment spirit has come through and taken them over in totality. Mm -hmm. These are the highest ecstatic experiences of what it is to be a spirit in human form is that moment when all the concepts of the rules are gone and they've merged in totality with all the dreamlike nature <laughs> of who we are and then we're really riding the, the highest wave of spirit in human form and at that place we can do what um, you know, we might think are, are humanly impossible feats. Yeah. But that's because, and what are we doing? We're At that point, we're actually transcending the concept of gravity. And in this case, I would say the concept of gravity is just that, um, I would say gravity equals limitation. Hmm. And just understanding there is no limitation. We're infinite beings, infinite creator beings with infinite, infinite potential, infinite possibility. And, and that's why, you know, we're in the time of the greatest renaissance ever. Because when we come back to talking about how the Earth's frequency is shifting, mm. it's allowing us to let go of all the old storylines that we've been in, which have been very linear and very it's boring. It's just, yeah. it, we've done it a million times in a million different ways. And it's boring, and it doesn't serve with equanimity all of life. It only serves the few in the storylines that we've been playing with. So, um, yeah, this time is really about opening to what's possible. And one thing to really um, pay attention to is our languaging. And I love to mm -hmm. be around people where we pe uh, play those languaging games where we'll just um, kind of catch each other when that old sort of limiting programming or languaging that is mm -hmm. somewhat limiting comes out. And one of my friends and I... Um, 
used to say to each other when we would just catch each other we'd say do you really want to write that into your story mm -hmm. and you know it, even to the point of, of when we were hiking doing a river hike with a bunch of people and we were all in a line and and it was a really um, a strenuous hike and and people would go oh watch out for that rock it's really slippery and my friend and I would look at each other and say do you really want to write that into your story <laughs> we're not going to write it into our story that that rock is slippery yeah you know so that is another part of this play is becoming first of all balanced and centered so that we can become more consciously aware of what we're saying and doing in every moment and how we're responding or reacting and then from that place really listening to what's coming out of our mouth at the same time that we're yeah. saying it to be really conscious of our words because words are creating reality and really opening to finding those words that are non-dualistic and um, you know that that hold us in the alignment of balance and so on so um, you know I often say silence is more and um, or um, silence is golden and less is more oftentimes absolutely and when you do listen to that I mean and I I love the the beautiful the saying that you said, but I mean, that's even to, to the purity of, of where her thoughts are, is is one of the, the worst examples of of, uh, of a bad language pattern that it doesn't want to be written in the story is the rock being slippery. <laughs> you know, no, I think most of the people that are listening and watching, you know, it's looking at a little bit deeper of like, do you say life is hard and a struggle, or do you, th do you say things like, good things don't happen to me, or do you say, you know, that that's for them, or this is that, or you know, I can't do this, or this is difficult and hard. And when you really catch that, you know, just to clarify on it, on it, when you catch yourself saying these things that you would not want to be part of your reality, how can you reframe them in a way that's supportive and nurturing exactly. and loving and, and say, okay, yeah, I can do this. I can learn this. I am good at this. I am deserving. I am that. And because you, then you can create the ease and the grace in your life, right? Exactly. My favorite words, joy, grace, and ease. Let it all come with joy, grace, and ease. I love how um, the moment I said, um, silence is golden. How I your other No, how your other pups started crunching on the kibble. I love the sound of dogs crunching their kibble. <laughs> <laughs> really cute in the background. It's like silence is not going to be golden, and I'm golden color. He's a golden little guy, and he's not going to be silent. Non-silence is the crunching of kibble. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so this in alignment with synchronicity, we really want to think about some of the things that we're sharing, but not just think about them. Just feel into them. Yeah. Just feel into what's being said and. Um, you know, because it's beyond the words, it's what's being shared in the space between the words. And for us all really learn to just feel into things now and go, is that a yes for me? Is that a no for me? Is that a mm, maybe? Not right now, you know? Exactly. And, and really learning to drive our vehicle from that place of learning to feel more into um, situations. And that'll also help us come back into more balance. There's another... Um, uh, amazing system it's called human design mm -hmm. and about 70 to 75 percent of the population um, there's a few different designs for people but most of the population is in that sort of 72 percent bracket where um, if we wait to respond to things let things come to us learn how to find our center from that place of center let opportunities come to us because when we find our center we become magnetic and mm -hmm. when we become stiller there's less ripples in the field to get confused about choices more clear choice more clear guidance comes to us and then when things come to us it's checking in on our response mm -hmm. and our response is guttural meaning a mm hmm or a mm hmm for most people they can count on that guttural response or a mm, or maybe like we said they get the yes the no the yeah or mm, maybe yeah but um we if we start learning to listen from that place again instead of oh my god i gotta pay my taxes and the you know the lawyer's calling and we gotta get there whatever 
-hmm. that is so removed from our actual ability to come into alignment with synchronicity. Yeah. Coming into alignment with synchronicity has way more with feeling into, and we don't have to feel into it for a long time. The feeling is like, boom, it's right there, right away. And trusting it and moving beyond. Exactly. Like, just trust it in that moment and next. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So we kind of went all around, and, if, and we talked about synchronicity, we talked about this new energy, um, and this new cycle, and this way of life, and right brain, left brain, given exercises. If you, had to, if you had to share some last bits of knowledge or wisdom as we kind of draw for a wrap, what would it be that ties everything together or anything that you feel that might have been left out? Okay, well, um, as a wrap, uh, my invitation is, um, well, and I'm going to preface it like this. As a wrap, I'm super excited that we're doing your first live feed <laughs> from this room. <laughs> Um, which is a very special room and many special things have happened in this space. Um, as a broadcasting uh, place, as an energetic place to be broadcasting messages from, um, to say that right now we're in a time, a really, you could say the, the field, the energetic field is really fertile for planting seeds. So it's a really good time to use whatever techniques help us to get more still within, more balanced within, so we can be really conscious of what seeds we're planting. Because it's just like soil can be fertile or maybe less fertile. The energetic field that we're existing in right now is really fertile. Mm. So the invitation is just be really mindful of the seeds that we're planting. And that requires us to slow down inside from the busyness so that we can really connect to what feels right, what truly has value and meaning. And, and we understand what has value and meaning from a place of feeling. Yeah. And like you said, if we can connect with that and put that energy into the seeds, then the seed goes into the soil, the farmer puts the seed in the soil and then walks away from the seed. For a brief time, the farmer doesn't check on the seed every minute, every day. Yeah, if you constantly are, are digging up the soil to see how the seed's doing, you're never giving it time to grow. Exactly. And so that spaciousness that the farmer gives the seed is the same with us. We get conscious about our seeds, we plant our seeds, and then we give them spaciousness to begin to germinate and begin to show up above the soil. And maybe we, the farmer checks on it every few days to make sure that the ground is moist. But then in the meantime, while those seeds are planted, one of my favorite words on the planet is spaciousness. Hmm. And just giving our dreams spaciousness and trust, trusting that the seeds have been received and heard in that fertile field of consciousness because creation itself is benevolent, it's kind. And creation is helping us to fulfill all of our dreams and our seeds. We just don't understand a lot of the time that we're planting unconscious seeds or we're not planting seeds at all. We're just sitting there in a state of hopelessness. Mm -hmm. And in that case, what happens in a farmer's field where he doesn't plant seeds, seeds blow into the field and you get a whole field of what we call weeds. Yeah. You get a whole variety of seeds in the field, but the farmer himself didn't plant them. Yeah. So what creation, the gift of being alive, is that we're given a fertile field to create from. So, so to, to really understand the sacred nature of this experience of being alive and to be a creator of our journey and to, to really rock how profound the opportunity is to create and what a gift it is. It's such a mystery. Yeah. But that inside of that mystery is our potential to exist and have our life be the greatest art project ever. Mm. And to really live life from that place of living art. And I feel like that's really the perfect closing peace that's the golden nugget for our time together today wow 
um, sent out from this amazing studio. That's beautiful. On this day. I love that. Said perfectly. And, you know, thank you so much for sharing so much wisdom and knowledge with everybody. Thank you for for watching and listening. Um, you know, if you're watching this on Facebook, please feel free to share it on your page. I'll help other people uh, get access to this wisdom and knowledge. If you're listening to this on, on iTunes uh, or on Podbean what, and whatnot, leave a comment and a review. It helps other people find us. And, you know, um, rating it five stars, of course, is great. But, you know, and if, if you are on Facebook and you want to tune into some of our other podcasts that will soon be video vodcasts, uh, you can find, uh, I think we have almost a hundred of them on there up to this point. So go in there and see there's different topics and a whole bunch of beautiful information. Thank you. And until next time. Thank you so much. And my favorite um, goodbye is a hui ho, which is not a goodbye. It just means until next time. <laughs>